morning, which is simply deliverance through grace. Deliverance through grace. We got a lot of confusion about all of these subjects, but I believe that God who called you from the world has a purpose and there is a destiny that he wants to get you into when he brought you out. Amen? He's not going to allow any spirit to rob you from getting to your destiny. Your destiny is your destination. And God ordained that ever before you were born. Hallelujah. There is no power in life. There is no power in creation that can frustrate the grace and the callings of God upon your life. You have to believe that. You have to know that. Praise the living God. Now, you know, often we talk about warfare, battles, and uh, which is part of what leads us into deliverances. I'm not against deliverance. Somebody don't get me wrong. But I'm, I'm trying to make you see something a little bit different than the scriptures, how that you can walk in the freedom that Christ himself has purchased for every one of us. That is my major passion this season. Now, in every warfare, every battle that you will ever fight in life, if you have two nations that are going into battle, you need to understand something primarily. It is not, if you are an army, if you are a military man, it is not your training that makes you to win a battle or that even preserves you in the course of the battle. <laughs> now watch this. You need only one thing to survive and to get a victory in any battle is to listen to your commander. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You send soldiers to war fronts. If they don't listen to the commander, 80% of them will not return. Does that make sense? So your strength is not what deliver you. Your tactics is not what deliver you. Even your training is not what deliver you. What delivers you is your obedience to who? To your commander. When your commander says, lie down or take over, what will you do? You take over. Your commander sees farther off. He sees ahead of the battle. He knows the plans of the battle. In fact, before the battle ever comes into place, the commander knows the positions of the enemy. Am I right? So, in you listening to what he says, you save yourself and you save the nation from unnecessary casualties. Now, life is about battle. And there is a commander. Are you done with me? Meaning, as long as we have a commander, we are sure of victory. And now what are we going to do to get the victory? Listen to the commander. <laughs> Hallelujah. Align yourself to the dictates of your commander and you get around your enemies and have them defeated. You can defeat every enemy as you align yourself to the instruction of your commander. Now remember how David used to fight, listening to the voice of God, giving him signals. The more very tree, huh? When you see the leaf shake, go to war. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? You listen to the commander, and then you get the victory. But if you try because you think you are trained to go to war, you may probably end up like the sons of Skiva. They were also in the battlefield. 
<laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Now some of you don't even know the story about the sons of Sceva who were trying to conduct deliverance. That they were actually sons of the priest. That means it was the Aaronic priesthood that degenerated to what happened. I'm going to give you a story. This is a parable that Jesus gave in the book of Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, can we look at something here? Matthew 12 from verse 43. Matthew 12 actually was the story on how that Jesus healed a dumb fellow or something like that. And then the people came and said, he's uh, doing whatever thing is with, with the spirit of Bezebub. You know this story? That he's casting out devils with the spirit of Bezebub. Uh, and so on, and Jesus asked them a question in, in verse 27. If I'm using the spirit of Bezebub in casting out devils, with what spirit are your children casting them out? So therefore, they be your own witnesses. Okay? But the key thing is, let's look at something after that, after they are kind of antagonizing because of what he was doing. And um, we want to look at from verse 40, verse 43, verse 43 down is what we are going to be looking at. But let me also say this, and then I want you to capture it because it's very important. In your walk as a believer, that what Jesus did before he died, it's a different world entirely after he resurrected. Are you getting that? Listen closely. What he did before he died, it's a different world entirely from what he's doing now after he died. Or resurrected on the other side of the cross. There are two worlds entirely. Very much far apart. A big divide. Hallelujah. So Matthew 12. Now here, Jesus said in the King James, for example, but I would like to read it from the ampli- I mean, uh, message later, but uh, uh, Matthew 12, he said, well, 43. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walked through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Then he said, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. When he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then go ahead, eat, and take it with himself. Seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall he also be unto this wicked generation. So the first thing I want you to capture there is he was speaking to a people. Is that okay? Alright. He was speaking to a people. He was speaking to the Jews. I want you to understand this. He was addressing the Jews. This parable was all about the Jews. Hallelujah. Now, let me, let me read it from the message. If you can get it on the board. The message. Verse 43 again. When the unclean spirit. What a minute. Okay. Let me take it from the message. Uh, where am I here? Very quickly. Look at it. When a defiling evil spirit is expelled from someone. Now, I like this definition. Defiling. Not just what we call evil. Defiling. What defiles a man. Now, we know what defiles a man in Mark chapter 7. Am I right? Huh? Mark chapter 7 from verse 20. 
qualifies a man. There are things like greed, evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, wickedness. You know, Mighty chapter 7. I mean, Mark chapter 7. Is that okay? Alright. Now he says, when any of these, for instance, gets out of a man, Scripture says, it drifts along through desert looking for an oasis. What is an oasis? It's like a fertile portion of land or portion of water in a desert area. Is that okay? Alright. Some unsuspecting soul, that is what the word oasis really means in the context. The evil spirit goes around looking for unsuspecting souls to go into. Are you there? And the Bible says, when he doesn't find any, he says, I'll go back to my old haunt. On return, he finds the person spotlessly clean. What has happened? The person received the living. The person received the Holy Spirit. The person was cleansed by Christ Jesus by reason of his belief. Are you sitting there? Come on, are you with me? But vacant. That's a problem. The place is clean, but vacant. The place is clean, but not occupied. It then runs out and round off seven other spirits. More evil than itself, and they are moving, whoop it up. That person ends up far worse off than it had never gotten cleaned up in the first place. That is what, this one interesting in this particular translation, that, that is what this generation is like. You may think you have cleaned out the junk from your lives and gotten ready for God, but you weren't hospitable to my kingdom message. And now all the devils are moving back in. Are you following this? It means when he brought the message of the kingdom, things left them. But because they could not receive the message, what left them, what happened? Returned. So easy. Meaning, when you receive Christ and receive his message, because he received the message of the kingdom, Christ automatically becomes the king. Is that okay? Now, if you don't allow him to be king in your life, it means though you are clean, but vacant. Now, the house is vacant, need a tenant. It needs an occupant. Now, the spirit comes back and finds that you are completely empty, free, and cleaned out because you believe Jesus, but nothing is occupying your life. Why? You reject the message of the kingdom which himself the king preached to you. Hallelujah. The wicked generation therefore like we see here has to do with the Jews. Who rejected the message that Jesus preached. Is that alright? <laughs> now, he talked about seven spirits. Meaning the fullness Seven also speaks of fullness or completeness. Now, there was a complete set of powers that was influencing and working against Israel. Now, I'm going to take you on a little journey to the book of Deuteronomy. Look at something here. 
Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Go to Deuteronomy 7 please. Hallelujah. Get this right. God located Israel. Okay. Right there in Egypt. And decided to bring them out. And he wasn't just bringing them out. He was taking them on a journey to a place that he, God, has prepared. Are you done with me? Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Are we there together? Okay. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land where thou goest to possess it and has cast out deliverance. Hmm? Is deliverance not the same thing as casting out? Okay, come on now. <laughs> Are you there? Okay. And has cast out many nations before thee. The Hittites. And the Jigasites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hebites, and the Jebusites. Seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them into thy own before thee, thou shalt smite them, and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Amen? First of all, I want you to understand this. Right from the time of John the Baptist, Israel received a downpour of heavenly grace. Is that alright? God began to visit Israel right from the time of John the Baptist. When he started making the proclamation of repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was God coming down to Israel to really clean them out. To really turn them away from who they were. To turn them away from the oppression that they were going through. But Israel will not listen. Hallelujah. Amen? Now, because they will not accept the message that John brought and even what Jesus was proclaiming, though they were supposed to be the house of God, but they were empty. So you can see why Jesus made this statement. Your house is left to you what? Desolate. Not just the temple, because he find that the temple was the main thing that put Israel together. The strength of Israel was a temple. Because you don't know that the ark of glory was supposed to be in the temple. Is that okay? Now, wherever you find the ark in the temple, the strength of Israel was abiding. God's presence was abiding. But so when Jesus said, your house is left to you desolate, it simply means God is not going to inhabit your nation anymore as it were. At that moment, it's like they were giving over to the Gentile world to be thrown down upon. Now, I'm going to make you say something. But get right, I mean, get it. Noted, I'm talking about the seven spirit. Now, get down to the book of Exodus. Let me begin to show you something. Exodus 23. Hallelujah. Watch this. I'm reading for verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before thee. To keep thee in the way. And to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Now I want you to know that. I am sending an angel before thee. Are you there with me? 
What will the angel do? Keep you in the way. And to do what? Bring you to the place which I have prepared. That means everywhere God is taking you to is already prepared even before you were born. Your success and achieving to get into that point is simply doing what? Beholding. Looking unto. And that angel, if you may know, look at the next verse. Beware of him and do what? Obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgression for my name is in him. Who came in the name of the Lord Jesus? I mean, in the name of God Himself, Jesus Christ. Is that okay? In Him, in the Old Testament, He's like the angel of the house of Israel. Now, you go to the throne of the Bible, made us to understand when God divided the nations, every nation He gave a ministering spirit, and Israel had no specific ministering spirit other than Jesus Christ Himself. Is that all right? He said, just obey him. Just look unto him. He will keep you. You know what? He's going to preserve you. Remember the Bible told us, made us to understand, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and the water they drank was who? Christ himself. That's what I'm saying. That was how he kept them all through the journey. That is Christ who's been described to us here. He kept them out through the journey. He said, all you need to do to get to the promised land is simply do what? Obey him and behold him. Don't provoke him. Because my name is in him. I want you to see the position that God has placed Christ before us. Even right from the Old Testament. Now go down the next verse. But he that shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. Can you see that? He obeys his voice. Do all that I speak. God is speaking. But the word is coming through a vessel. Amen. Then I will be what? Read with me. Then I will be what? An enemy unto thy enemies. And what? An adversary unto the adversaries. I will be. I, God, will be. An enemy to your enemies. What battles do you have to fight? Now, the question is, how many enemies do you think you even have right now? You have no record. You have no count. But God knows whoever will want to make himself your what? Your enemy. To overcome your enemy, simply obey the angel he has sent before you. Very simple. And when you do that, God himself becomes an enemy to your enemy and an adversary to what? To your adversary. You have been fighting for too long. You need to come to the place of rest. It's a simple way to come to this place of rest. Listening to the voice of the angel that God has sent. Hallelujah. God is making a boast here. I am going to be an enemy to your enemy. Now watch this. Verse 23. For my angel shall go before thee. And bring thee in unto the Amorites. And the Hittites. And the Parisites and the Jebusites, the the, the Hivites, I mean, the Canaanites rather, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Who is going to cut them off? But I think you've been trying to do that yourself. That's where your labor is not coming to an end. Because you finish dealing with the Canaanites, the Jebusites are there. You finish with the Jebusites, the Hivites are there. You are just getting through with the Hivites. 
the parasites are there. And you just succeeded in dealing with the parasites. The gigasite showed up. The battle continues. But you need just one thing. Obey the voice of the angel. I will send him before you. Hallelujah. To bring you in. In other words, there is a guarantee of your coming to your place of fruitfulness in life. To bring you in. You see, he prepared the place before he called you. He knew where he was taking them to before he brought them out of Egypt. To bring you in. Now, when he said, in unto, you need to watch that. It means some people were in possession of your possession. Is that alright? Some people are holding your possession. But God is taking you to that same spot to possess what belongs to you. And he will ensure it. This with these people so that they will be so confused they will literally run out of your properties. So that they can become yours. Because they were already yours before you were born. What I don't have now have never been mine. But that which is mine, I will have. Are you done with me? Thou shalt not bow down to their God. Do not look into their way of doing things to be able to succeed. Don't bow down to their God. Don't bow down to their sources of life. Okay. Not evil them, nor serve them, nor, ah, uh, what is it? Do after their work. But thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quick break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and ye shall bless thy bread and the water, and I will take sicknesses away from the midst of thee. Now, I don't want to read this lightly because it's very crucial. Sicknesses can be taken away by God. It's not just a healer. He takes it. Huh? Are you there with me? When he takes it, now, now, he takes it to himself. We've been, we've been speaking about this. Everything he takes from you that was hurting you, he takes to himself. Then he gives you the peace that he has so that you can inherit the peace that he has while he takes your heart. And may your sicknesses be taken away by the Lord in Jesus' name. Any way, in any form. Praise the living God. Amen. There shall nothing cause their young, nor be barren in the land. The number of their days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before you. And I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all the enemies turn their back on thee. Can I hear an amen to that? I will make. Now, people often emphasize the I, I of Isaiah 14. But we don't, we least emphasize the I, I of God in Exodus 23. I will destroy them. I will take you there. I will make them turn their back on you. I will become your enemy's enemy. Whatever the case may be. Are you getting what I'm talking about? This is God talking here. Verse 28. And I will send honor before thee. We shall drive out the Hittite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. Amen. And I will not drive the man from before thee in one year. Lest the land become desolate. Can you see? And the beasts of the feet multiply against thee. 
But little and by little I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. Now, I want you to see something here. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, I mean chapter 12, how seven spirits can be driven out of a man and the place become empty because it's not occupied. Can you get that? And here God is saying, I'm not going to do it in one swift second because if I do, the place will become desolate. Why? Because there will be no one to occupy until properly you occupy your possession. By implication, everything God is working out in your life is taking it step by step. Anything it takes out of your life, it fills up. When that place is filled up, it takes away another one. So there is no spirit in your life that will remain permanently in your life. Now I'm going to be showing you the seven spirit the way they minister to me. So that you can understand. But first of all, he talks about driving that with on it. Now if you take time to read Joshua, for instance. Joshua chapter 24 verse 12. You may just read that or write it down. The Bible says, I send the honor before you, we drove them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorite, but not with thy sword, not with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you build not, and you dwell in them, for the vineyards and oliviers which you plant not. Do you eat? Hallelujah. Did you get that? I said on it. On it are like bees. Now, try to experiment maybe one day walk into a beehive and allow them to sting you. And you see madness. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now, that's what he's saying because on it are just like bees. God said, I'm going to send on it and literally two kings of the Amorite, he sent it unto them. We're stung by these creatures and it's like madness. Their head was confused. God is going to confuse some people to leave you alone. He's going to confuse them. He will send on it before you to them. You won't know why when they want to give up on you. They come to a place and say, I have to give up on this man. Hallelujah. There will be so much confusion in their life. It is not you. It is because you obey the voice of the one that is sending the honor before you. Amen? Praise the living God. That you may come to the place. Listen to me. The Bible says, the land which is taking you to is not because you labor for it. What is it supposed to mean? Grace. The cities you are going to build, not because you labor for it. Why? Grace. Hallelujah. Amen? We got grace in this place. This property you see where we are occupying here, nobody least expected we could possess it. Men were even telling us to go out of town that it's cheaper in town, it's cheaper out of town. But I keep saying something makes me feel we are really going to be at the center of the city. That I can't go out of town. They gave us land that will be objected. They gave another one towards the Okokoko, where you I mean where the university is. I said, No, I can't go. I don't have my leading to go there. This land came up. The money was not there to pay. But somehow, miraculously, we paid the bills. Now we are here today. But possessing what God has reserved for us. <laughs> I mean, at the heart of the center of town. And, and for you to also realize how grace can work. That this property actually was supposed to be government property that was allocated to its own officials. 
But this man, I believe, was merely made to reserve the land for the rightful owner. And here we are today. We didn't fight to get it. We didn't struggle to get it. Not because we prayed too much. But it was our location in this city. Can I hear amen to that? Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, when I was to leave the village, when I was leaving town, God told me, go to worry, and then the land you are going to, you are going to possess. It was a clear word. I didn't know exactly where the land was, but I know that was a place God intended us to be. That is why we can't lose any portion of this land. I was going to get more. Glory to God. See, uh, three nights ago I was praying. I was just speaking to my wife. I begin to see the development of this thing. I'm seeing so many properties coming up here. I begin to see structures coming up. We are possessing this place. Not because we struggle so much. But because we listen to the voice of the angel sent before us. Must you suffer to get everything you want in life? Oh my God. <laughs> Praise the living God. Amen, somebody. You, can, you, see, you can't keep suffering for everything. Everything. No, man. Ha. Every little thing you ever have, you must wait for it. That is Adam cost, man. Okay, now, now let's get I'm going to show you some spirit. Spirit that are militating against you. You want to see them? I'm still going to speak on the seven spirits, you see. Grace is simply an unmerited favor. They got land, they got properties, they got cities, they got vineyards that never possess. But God said, this is what going to be yours because you listen to the voice of my son. You get the victory by simply listening. Can I hear the man to that? You maintain your freedom by listening and obeying and walking in the instruction of the angel that is sent before you. The Pharisees could not listen to the message preached to them. They rejected grace and they keep on suffering. And the Romans came and they dealt with them. It was a clean city. When Jesus came, God sent them to be cleansed out of God. He said, all the deliverance was doing was a ministry of who the Jewish setting was. He was cleansing them miraculously. Every miracle of Jesus was a symbol and a message. Take time to study it. The blind man that was blind was speaking of the blindness of the Pharisees. Is that okay? In John chapter 9. Who was born? Why is this man born blind? The parents sinned. And nobody sinned. You know what? That God might be glorified. By the time the eyes were healed, he began to see the Pharisees came and said, Are we blind also? He said, You. You are blind because you say you see. But if you think you are blind, then you will see. But now you say you see, therefore what? You are blind. He was just using the blindness of that man to speak a message. Read all the parables on the miracles of Jesus. They were speaking a parable to Israel in particular. For rejecting him. Is that alright? Praise the Lord. Now let me show you the seven spirit. The first spirit we read in Deuteronomy there is Hittites. What is Hittite? Hittite means descendant of heads. H-E-T-H. Descendant of heads. What is head? Head means terror. What is terrorizing you? Fear. Bible says God has not given our world the spirit of fear. No man bandaged to fear. And the Bible said he came to deliver us who through fear of death. All this why we're subject to that kind of terrible situation. 
So the first thing God is going to deal with in your life is what? The spirit of fear, terror. Men that terrorize you, God is going to deal with them. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? All you need to do, just hear what God has to say. Just listen to what God has to say. He takes the terror, he takes the fear in your life and deals with it. And what's going to be next? You are going to be as bold as a lion. The Bible says, the righteous are as bold as what? As lion. Who are the righteous? We are made the righteousness of God in who? In Christ. So boldness is returning to you. All your fears are disappearing because God called you to himself. And every Hittite in your life, he wants to deal with. Praise the living God. Fear of death must go. Fear of poverty must go. Fear of business failure must go. God will deal with it by his spirit. Are you still there with me? No sickness will kill you. Several spirits that they were delivered from. That could return to a man's life for not responding to the message of grace and the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Time is not with me to be able to break down all of these things, but you know, if we have to study the spirit of fear, it will take us a whole day. The next spirit is the spirit of the gigasite. What is gigasite? Dwellers on a clay soil. To me, this Adamic life. Which is a realm for the serpent. For the serpent food is dust. But now we are putting on the divine nature of God. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Dwell on a clay soil. Man whose life is carnality. God wants to deal with them. Take away all carnal nations. And imputing to you, not just the righteousness of God, but the divine nature of God. To the seed of the word that we receive. It. The gigasite. These are the things that dominate your life. You're frustrated because of wrong thought. Frustrated because of, you know, the works of the flesh and this carnal nature. Amen? To be carnally minded is what? Is that. A gigasite. Amen. The next person you see there, or the spirit there, is the Amorites. Bible talks about dwellers on the summit or mountaineer. Dwellers on the mountain. What did God speak to Zerubbabel? Every mountain before Zerubbabel shall be brought low. Men whose authority are over your life. God wants to bring them down under your feet. These are the Amorites. Praise the living God. You conquer in the Amorite, not because you want to, you know, what you call spiritual warfare as the case may be. Now, the simplest way to engage yourself in spiritual warfare is to believe your commander. I've told you that in the beginning. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Believe your commander. Believe the one that knows the territory. Believe the one that knows all the names of the devils you are trying to call. He knows them because he created them. Believe that man. There was a time fine. When the devil had authority over your head. But right now, there is one man over your head. And that is who? Jesus Christ. He is the head where his body. The mountain dwellers, the Amorites. God is bringing them down. 
Everything that was supposed to sit on your head, all mountains before you shall be brought low. Now, like when God was speaking to Zerubbabel, you need to understand the mountains that were actually standing for Zerubbabel was the was the embarrassment that were being caused by the Tobias and the Tambalat. All the mockery that was coming, how can they build it? This world they are building, even a force can push it down. Men have mocked your life. And this thought has become a mountain in your thinking. How many of you understand mountain have nothing to do with the structure? The greatest mountain you can ever find in life is your imagination. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Now, when Tobiah and Sambala begin to mock the Jewish people that were building the temple, it could be so frustrating that people begin to look at you and tell you, what kind of life do you think you are living? Look at your life. And those thoughts begin to come into your head. And now you see yourself not be somebody who can achieve anything in life. But I'm speaking to you this morning that God is going to visit even your mind and your thoughts. And every mountain that is standing against the mind and the peace of God, God is going to pull down in the name of Jesus Christ. No Amorite have right to possess your land. All the spirit of the Amorite. Wrong thoughts, wrong imaginations. Mountain dwellers. Man, I will tell you, hey man, this year you can survive it. You are going to pull through. All those thoughts we are bringing down to the obedience of Christ. He came that you may have life and to have it more abundantly. Believe in your commander. Hallelujah. Canaanites. Mean that which is low or flat, valley. Ah, come on. Now you can begin to see the, the message of John. All the mountains shall be main plain. All the valleys shall be filled. Can you see that? All your depressive situation God wants to raise. You are so frustrated about life. You are living very low. That is the Canaanite spirit working in your life. You are looking frustrated. Sometimes you come to the place you feel there is a point... If need be to commit suicide. Man, you are low, but God is going to bring you up. He is coming down to the level you are, raise you up and fix you where you are supposed to be. In fact, he wants you to sit among princes. Not just that, that you may sit with him in heavenly places. All your low valleys shall be exalted. That's the Canaanite spirit. Your money that seems to be gone, your bank account that seems low, I prophesy this money shall receive a boost. In the name of Jesus Christ, every Canaanite spirit manifesting will take authority over it today. Either your emotion or your financial state will take authority. You are not meant to be below, you are meant to be above. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Therefore, no Canaanite can take authority over your life. Neither can any Amorite, the mountaineers. No, no, no. He said, you are not meant to be below. You are meant to be what? Above. Hallelujah. We have the Perizzites. And I like this. <laughs> Excuse me. Perizzites means belonging to the village. Oh my God, now the Sandarahanda. Now get this right. This is what you call a sensual spirit. Can you see that? God wants to set you free from your village pattern. 
Mm-hmm. Come on. Somebody need to understand this. Some of you go for deliverance. Do you know what you are looking for? Village spirit? You thinking like a village man? You are no longer a village man. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? You don't belong there. Oh my God. I hate this one. Belonging to a village. You don't belong to a You belong to the kingdom. Are you still there with me? This is what men call a sense of spirit. How many of you have ever been told you need to go back to your village to be able to dig some things out for you to get freedom? And that is what the parasite spirit. But God said, I'm going to chase them away before you. Praise the living God. Are you catching this? The parasite spirit. A sense of spirit. Those things that pertain to your village. And some of you speak to you and say, Well, you know, in your village you can hardly see a rich man. Well, that is their village, not you. You don't belong there. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The parasite spirit is a village spirit. Some of you are in the township, but your attitude is still out of the village. God is going to deliver you. Amen. Even if there's a washing machine, some of you still want to wash machine with wash your plate with hand or whatever. That's the village spirit. You see, you can't be delivered. God is going to help you out. Are you getting that? The villagers. Oh my goodness! Is anybody catching this? God wants to set you free. Grace is available. Now, one of the what God's going to do that is it? You've been watching now. You know. Now, I'm not advocating that, but some of you can keep your nails because you wash clothes. Do you know why the white man keeps the nails? Because there's a washing machine. Oh my goodness. Now I'm not saying go and train your nails. Praise the living God. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Now what does that mean? God is going to make money available. You are buying washing machines. Hallelujah. Grace is available. I'm the village man. God set you free, completely free. No spirit from the village that will look at you. No, no, I'm just be honest. You see, you say, just listen, I'm going to send on it. It's going to drive out the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Jebusite, and the village spirit that is troubling you. <laughs> he wants to drive it out. Look at the next thing the Hivite, villagers. Oh. Community spirit, the same thing. <laughs> you get what I'm talking about? You know, some of you can associate with people who are enlightened. Because you have a village mentality. Your orientation is that of the village. Are you get what I'm talking about? Villagers, the same problem. You know, you see, you, you have to culturize to manifest God's kingdom. I'm just being honest with you. These are wrong spirits. This is why it is difficult for the average believer in this country to make progress in the kingdom. Because they are all tied to the village. Is this making sense to you? Just to let you know how God is dragging you from somewhere. Want to get you out of the village, get out of the village community people. From their way of thinking. Huh? Villain will tell you that the thing that gives me strength and boosting is a bath. It has to be in the morning. Got in the morning. Got in the afternoon. Got in the evening. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You say it gives me boost. 
Vilesinke. They don't know Gary in the morning, afternoon, and evening, rice in the morning, afternoon, and one thing you are taking carbohydrates. They don't know. You tell them, say, I oh, know. We were not raised like that. Look at you. Is that how I raised you? They will tell you the same thing. Village thinking. Villagers. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. God is setting somebody free. Because you don't belong there anymore. Now see, if you don't belong there, you're thinking there is nothing that is happening that can affect you. That is the deliverance. Nothing that is happening in your village that can affect you because you don't belong there in your thinking. Your mind is not there. Your spirit is not there. Hallelujah. The next one is stretching floor. The Jebusite. And this one, David even bought. Bought it over. You know how people trace your life? They freeze you, squeeze you. Get the best out of you, mess you up, threshing floor. Huh? Hallelujah. You know, it's like separating. How can I pull this now? You know, local rice. You know how they produce local rice? Anybody from Auchi here? Auchi rice, we have Auchi, Puma rice, whatever. You know. Put them in a bag and heat them on the floor. That is stretching. Hey, yeah, yeah, we got Auchi here. That is stretching, that is stretching. Removing the chaff from the seed. So you become a threshing floor for all manner of people. They walk on you. They manifest in your life. Witches oppress you. Threshing floor. God is going to set you free. You can no longer remain a threshing floor for demons to walk over. Are you getting? See, I'm not saying you are the one to be threshing. You are the threshing floor. Can you imagine the weight you carry? When they carry those bags, they hit it on the floor to separate the, the seed from the chaff. You are the instrument they use to work out their life. May God forbid. No Jebusite spirit will remain in your life. He said, I am going to send on it before you and I'm going to drive out this seven wicked nation before you that you may possess your life. So what am I saying? By the time God passes through you in all of these dimensions, you become a new creature in Christ. You receive the righteousness of God. You become the glory of the Father. The re-image that God intended on the face of the earth. And no power in creation can have dominion over your life. Hallelujah. What therefore is the quickest way? To get deliverance, you listen to the voice of the angel that God has sent before you. Amen. Now, now I want to I want to read one more scripture and then we're through. But I want you to catch all of this spirit. Go back home. There are so many things that you see. There are some things that will come to your mind. Say, no, 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 no. I don't think I belong there anymore. Hmm. I don't think I belong there anymore. You, you know, I'm not a villager. Not that I don't belong to a village people. I mean, there are some things you just can't reject instantly and those powers are gone. If something comes to you and say, well, do you know in your village somebody died when he was 25 years old? So the person died when he was 25 years but I'm not a villager, neither do I belong to village people. So I can't die 25. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Don't bring in your village ideology to the gospel. Don't try that. Don't measure the revelation of God by your village understanding. Don't try that. The part of what Jesus came to set you from is your background. 
It's your village. It's your community. Praise the living God. I remember one time we had a meeting and somebody said, you know, you know in my village we quarrel and agree. I said, that's foolishness. Why do you have to be quarreling? Just because you have a meeting, then you must quarrel. If there is no quarrel, the meeting can never hold. What kind of spirit is that? And you can buy into that because you don't belong there. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I remember one time when the guy was telling me, he said, Pastor David, don't, don't mind this way we behave here. We quarrel and agree. I said, I don't belong here. So I can't quarrel with anybody. It's foolishness. It's a wrong spirit. Amen? You don't belong there. So what am I trying to say? There is nothing from your community. There is nothing from your village. I want to repeat and repeat loud and clear. Nothing from your community. Nothing from your village. Nothing that your people are experiencing is your portion anymore in life. Because of who you are in Christ Jesus. Grace has been made available. You possess cities. You didn't build. You possess vineyard. You didn't labor for. Amen. No more labor. In James chapter 4 verse number 7 the Bible says Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he will do what? Can you see? So simple a way. He didn't say take olive oil first for the devil to run. What is the prescription here? Submit yourself to God. Resist. Oh, somebody say resist means to fight. Okay. I will read another scripture so that I can understand what resist means. First Peter 5 verse 5. It means to fight. Now you look, look at this. Likewise, a younger, you look at, look at First Peter 5 verse 5. Likewise, a younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Ye of ye be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God does what? Resist the proud and give it grace what? Okay. So if you think resist means to fight, does it mean God is fighting you? How's that problem? So to resist means simply to submit to another authority and to refuse to accept. In other words, you're just simply walking by faith. To resist simply means to do what? To walk by faith. Faith of that which you believe. And the devil will flee. Remember where we are coming from. The Bible said the house was garnished. And it was empty. The devil came back. What does that mean? There was no faith in that individual. To believe into the message of grace. And the kingdom that was released to set them free. No faith in it. No belief in it. No conviction in it. So it was empty. So when the Bible says, submit yourself and resist the devil. How are you going to resist the devil? Believe in and trusting in what God is saying. And the devil will begin to run from your life. It is not you to pursue the devil. The devil will literally run. Can I hear amen to that? Praise the living God. I would like you to stand up and let's talk to God this morning.